It has begun. Dead air. It is here. Hello. Hey. Howdy, howdy. How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got a Zevia. sipping <laughs> on it. Honestly, though, I'm not sure if it's just because I've just followed the Zevia brand on Instagram, but they're blowing up. Good for them. Or maybe they're not. The sugar-free soda. <laughs> yeah. People are like the, the shelves are empty. It's like the Wonka bars, like just ripped off the shelf. The Wonka bars? Was <laughs> that something from Willy Wonka? Well, I guess to well, get yeah, the golden ticket. When they're trying to find the golden ticket, they're like, they're like, especially in the 1970s one, they're like, this is the last box of Wonka bars. And they've got like a hostage situation on the phone. That can't, How much money did Willy Wonka make? I mean, this was a marketing campaign at the end of the day, which yeah. was pretty successful. Yeah. You know, yeah. taking I, and then you just have to, like, give kids a tour. <laughs> they all die. Yeah. So on today's episode, we're talking about the capitalist pig, William Wonka. Um, Did you know it's actually Willem Wonka? Willem Wonka. I made that Willem up. Wonka was responsible for the murder of four children. Do you know that? That child, that first child drowned. I like that in the books. Did they die? I've never read the books. Yeah. They did? I mean, well, they. I don't know if they died, died. I mean, it was probably, you know how, like, the 2005 movie, like, they are seen walking out of the factory. But they're disfigured. They're disfigured. Children. Yeah, I mean, like, Augustus Gloop is literally, like, chocolate now. At least that was how I interpreted it as a kid. I mean, he was just, cu like, some of them, like had to be stretched. Some of them were like big. He just got covered in chocolate. He can take a shower. Yeah, let's talk about Veruca Salt and how she just got kind of stinky. <laughs> she just kind of What got, was her thing? She got thrown down the garbage chute. She was fine. She was like, a, she wanted either a golden goose or she wanted one of the nutcracking squirrels, which I, I don't think she did anything wrong. I would also want a golden goose. I, or the goose that laid golden eggs, excuse me. Don't come for me. Anyway, we need to start the podcast my name is jackson bollinger and i'm garrett wagner and this is the no crumbs podcast where we talk about iconic food brands that ate and left no crumbs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know the point of this podcast is really to analyze the way that food branding food marketing as it relates to kind of the wider food industry more specifically here in the united states affects the way that we think about food interact with food and make decisions in the supermarkets. And, you know, there's often a lot of history with some of these iconic food brands that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know about. And I find it just incredibly interesting as kind of a part of, you know, social history, a part of food history, and a part of the way that food affects all of our lives pretty directly. We typically need to eat it every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, not me, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> mm -hmm. You do snake meal. I, what you do snake meal which is just like one giant large lump of food at the end i of the like day. did you know that i have a deathly fear of snakes really it's a, and it's like one of those fears that's incredibly unreasonable like it just goes about i can't look at a photo of a snake i can't like even look at a cartoon drawing of a snake did you not know that i had no I idea do it oh i'm I gonna have, use this i've only seen but glimpses of that britney spears thing where she held a snake that one time like I, <laughs> I literally don't even know what that looks like you're like i just know it's orange yellow white i don't even know that mm -hmm. and I, I because i can't even look at people who like dress up as like that for halloween you can't go into a petco even no that freaks me out i just zip right if i'm buying the cat Dang. food i zip right by the little reptilian you got area. your visors on like um that's crazy. Um, I'm going to go back to what we're talking about with this show, uh, which is, yes, I think it's it's really important to sort of talk about like food branding is insane. Uh, we are going to be talking about. So, yes, of course, like the history of brands and food, all of that good stuff. But also like there's something really interesting about one, the history of the food that we're eating on a day to day basis and two, how how one food can mean different things to different people. Jackson and I, um, though we are very good friends, have very different... But uh, not best friends. Not besties. I draw the line. <laughs> okay. I draw the line. We literally hang out every single day. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> um... What's that Brita, that Brita line from Community? Like, I can excuse whatever, but I draw the line at best, whatever. I'm, you're not going to get me to watch community. That's fine. You can keep trying. Any, <laughs> anyway, we are talking about, you know, uh, how we, you know, we have different upbringings. Uh, and so different sort of, I think, uh, connotations and relationships and, um, and, and nostalgia and memories around food. So, um, 
I'll let Jackson sort of talk about where he's from. But, you know, I was raised in a, a very, very rural part of the country. So rural that it's one syllable. It's rural. <laughs> it's just it's just a stream of R's. Um, but I was like I was raised on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And uh, like Kansas City to me was the big city always growing up. But that was like five hours away. Um, meanwhile, Jackson lived in uh, the suburb of all suburbs, uh, the suburbs of St. Louis. Absolutely. Like the first like probably the first problematic suburbs like mm -hmm. suburbs were out there and like growing in like the 20s and 30s. But I think when we think of suburbs as kind of a, you know, awakened, <laughs> trying not to say woke, but like as a society that understands the way that cities transform, St. Louis were kind of the first suburbs that were really, really problematic. Right. And because of that, there's just so much consumerism. There's so many different types of like, I don't know, just like, grocery stores and food and brands and restaurants and chains and it was just kind of um you know a very quintessential just like white guy growing up in the 90s and mm -hmm. early 2000s uh world and it you know i i just love i don't love but it's so incredibly interesting to think about the the kind of blinders that i had on at that time, right? I think it's important to acknowledge that too. And then really how that affected the way that I perceived and thought about food and food brands. And it's worth mentioning that Garrett and I both have, you know, different backgrounds that have brought us to why we like to talk about these things. And if we didn't even have a podcast, we find ourselves talking about this stuff mm -hmm. all the time anyway. Unfortunately. <laughs> I know. So I have a background in audio storytelling, journalism, and, you know, documentary filmmaking. So... I really do like, you know, investigating things, finding new perspectives, thinking about things in different ways, especially stuff that really affects people on a day to day basis, like the stuff that's in our pantries, in our cupboards, on our counters, in our tummies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your perspective of it is like actually a thing. <laughs> Mine's yeah. really ethereal. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I think like the, the thing. So for background, like I am a registered dietitian. Um, I, I work in nutrition research. And, um, but I think that the big thing for me is that like, I, I became a dietitian because I love food, honestly. And I think most dietitians, uh, become dietitians because they love food too. And, um, things that this podcast is not, it is not a nutrition podcast. Um, I really am not going to give nutrition advice, nor do I want to, <laughs> I, I don't want to do that off the clock, off the clock, pay me. Uh, no, but <laughs> honestly, like I, I just really like talking about these things. And also like, I have a, I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of people think of, of like what I do in a very like clinical sense. I'm in a hospital, I'm doing counseling, but a really big part of my education was based in food production and the science of food. Food, and I have just always found that stuff just infinitely interesting. Um, and so thinking about then like why our food takes on the certain qualities that it does, you know, what are the ingredients? What's the function of these ingredients? Um, it has just been something that's been so interesting for me. And I think this brings us to another commonality that Jackson and I share, which is we are both vegan. Uh Ugh. everyone left. Ugh. It's just us. Um, <laughs> but like with that, you know, there are a lot of things that like we're going to talk about um, that we have really great and fond memories of, but they're things that we choose to not eat now. And, and sort of like in an attempt to, to like relive that nostalgia, how can we maybe try and recreate something, for example? Like, how can we try and recapture that experience? And I think, like, that background can kind of come in handy. Or at the very least, um, steer me in the right direction and make something completely terrifying um, and not akin and similar to the real thing at all. So it I'm just not a cook. Mm -hmm. I just don't cook. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do, but it's just not not a still. I was thinking about this the other day and I they're just foods that are so just in culture. And I mean, that's the point of this podcast, right? That I mm -hmm. just kind of look at like an alien now, <laughs> you know, I just like got transported to Earth. And I'm like, I I'm about to make a statement that seems a little wild. I've never had a hot Cheeto. Wow. Ever. And I never will. Wow. And I, well, I think it's also because it's like one of those foods that I'm very selective about the foods that I eat that allow, that I allow to make my fingers disgusting. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of just having like to one hand everything for like 20 minutes while I'm eating something. Mm -hmm. And so I, there's a very short list of foods that I've ever eaten mm -hmm. that I will allow to do that. One of those was definitely Doritos. I, oh, yeah. I used to 
uh, uh, this is a no I'd, swear podcast I would by the way allow through <laughs> some Doritos yeah Doritorios if you will I could yeah. I could annihilate a bag of regular Doritos what's so interesting to me is that my perspective on Doritos there's the regular flavor which mm-hmm. is Dorito flavor. Let's go. Well, I what are you talking? Dorito flavor. Do you want to? Let's talk about Doritos. Let's yeah. Talk, let's talk. It's about time that somebody's got to say it now more than ever. It's important to talk about. We need to talk about Doritos. We got to address the elephant in the room. That six foot tall Dorito that's staring at me. Do you think that elephants are only six feet tall? <laughs> well, I was just taking into account how big this room. I don't know. How I an elephant is born and it's six feet tall. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway. Also, my the ceilings of the studio are more than six feet tall. I'm just very short. I'm so dainty and delicate. Just little Three feet tall. Just a little elf them. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I think Doritos. So Doritos, I think, I have had some insane conversations with you about Doritos because I think the Doritos that we all know and love and that are very culturally recognizable, the nacho cheese. Is that the, the, is that the regular, regular red Dorito. That's the default. That's it's the it's the nacho cheese Dorito. Dorito. <laughs> Dorito. <laughs> Dorito. Um, gender. It's a gender neutral term. Uh, not Dorita. Not Dorito. Uh, Dorito. There's no way that Dorito is like an actual <laughs> Spanish word. Little golden thing. Little golden thing. What is uh, like what like everyone sort of poorly translates it as is little golden thing. The oro. I know. It's Dorito. not perfect. Dorito. Yeah. Little golden thing. Little tiny golden thing. First of all, the regular ones are orange. Is that the default Dorito flavor? So, I mean, I think in order to get into this, we got to go into some history. Let's do it. So I want you to, I want you to take a guess. I want you to take a guess where Doritos originated. Where do you think they came from? Like, I, it is a Spanish sounding word. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that I feel like immediately that's a trap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Newark, New Jersey. No. Where? Disneyland. What? Disneyland. So basically what happened was back in the 1950s, Okay. Disneyland would partner with a bunch of different food brands and they would open up restaurants at their Disneyland campus in Anaheim. Um, so... There was a restaurant that was called Casa de Fritos. Casa of the Frito? Of the Frito-Lay Company. Okay. Um, which was right next to, for example, like the brand formerly known as Aunt Jemima, like the, the syrup company. Like So like all of these brands would basically like open up restaurants and it was a really like marketing advertising thing, right? Um, so basically what had happened was um, Casa de Fritos was like this like Southwest Tex-Mex style restaurant and they serve naturally like, like a lot of like Tex-Mex foods, you know, uh, corn tortillas, things like that. And as a way to like use up stale tortillas, what they would do is they would like cut them into triangles. They would deep fry them and they would put seasoning on them. Um, and so in 1955, a guy by the name of Arch West, who was the vice president of Frito-Lay's marketing at the time, basically like came in, saw these little little crispy little tortilla chip things with the seasoning on them and said, hold on, we got to go crazy with these things. And the Dorito was born. Are you kidding me? Now, isn't it crazy? That's really wild. Yeah. I'm a little flabber, flabbergasted. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. stale tortillas. I mean, it's so strange because I... <laughs> I have never, and this maybe this is just me. I've never really associated Doritos with like Tex-Mex, with like mm-hmm. Mexican food. It is a kind of a you know a reimagination of a Spanish name. It's definitely a tortilla chip, but I've never really thought of it as a tortilla chip. Let's think about the food scene in the Americas. North America, United States in 1955. This is when, what was that? You were telling me about the most wild salad I'd ever heard of the other oh, day. Oh, Snicker salad? A snicker, that sounds very 50s. Describe what Snicker salad oh, yeah. is. So a Snicker salad is, um, <laughs> it is a, a part of a larger Midwest culture. 
um, of making things, calling things salads um, that have nothing green in them. <laughs> so uh, I remember one of the first dishes that I ever made. It was a thing that I always ate at like church potlucks growing up, which it was called Snicker Salad. And it was it had like it had like a tub of Cool Whip two packs of cream cheese. Um, you took a bunch of like king size Snickers bars, chopped them up. And then to make it a salad, you, you did chop up some, some granny Smith apples and you mixed it up. Oh, and powdered sugar. There's powdered sugar in there too. It was so good. That sounds so good. Yeah, it was so good. And I think like, I don't even think that's like the most crazy thing possibly like the 1950s was also the time of the aspic. Are you familiar with what an aspic is? No, it is a savory gelatin. So think so like a like beef jello. Yeah. So, oh so no. So think like a savory gelatin with like uh with like olives and hard boiled eggs. Oh no. Ham. Oh, this is you've got to stop. This yeah. is like giving me snake level <laughs> like <laughs> issues. Giving you some ick. It, it yeah. really is. So I guess you know that's so. I find that very interesting. Yeah. So basically, I think what I'm trying to say here is that um the idea of a fried corn tortilla with a little bit of seasoning on it probably just blew up the taste buds of the average like white American in 1955 right um and it really wasn't until like it wasn't until like 13 years later 1968 when they even introduced an official flavor um which was taco flavor was actually the first taco taco, like taco seasoning so cumin mm-hmm other human maybe a little bit of chili powder i don't really know all of the ingredients that went into it so ta taco flavor is the first one in 1968 and then uh, 1972 a lot of things were happening vietnam i assume um i don't know when vietnam was nixon nixon probably Wat watergate <laughs> what who i this is I have a friend who can like you can name a year he'll name a president that was the president during that mm -hmm. year. and mm -hmm. it's like a savant level like ability yeah that's a good party trick yeah this was the year my dad was born 1972 and in that year we had the birth of the nacho cheese Dorito it was, it was Richard Nixon who's Nixon Nixon saw the rise of the nacho cheese Dorito he did um I want to I want to take a moment I want you to tell me uh what was your sort of cultural memory? What was your childhood memory of of the Nacho Dorito? So Nacho Dorito is, and I've already said it like 10 times, that to me was like default red bag Dorito. That is normal, regular Dorito. That is my school lunches growing up were always like peanut butter and jelly sandwich a chip of some kind in a plastic bag, which would typically be like a nacho cheese Dorito triangles in a plastic bag. And then like an oatmeal bar and a cup of applesauce. And then, so I, I feel like it was just such a mainstay for me that it was just like n the most normal, like reflexive thing. Did your family ever cook with Doritos? No. Interesting. Cook? Yeah. What? So... At least for me, Doritos were very like a, uh, they, they were very ubiquitous, right? Like everyone had them, young, old. They were the snacks in everybody's house. And like also like all my grandparents always had like the nacho cheese Doritos. But like also um, like walking tacos. Do you ever have a walking taco? I, it was not really a part of my life. I will say I was a Boy Scout. I'm an Eagle Scout. Thank you very much. Disgusting. I am. I um, remember like the first time I had a walking taco was like on a, on like, it was like just a camping trip thing to me. It was never, ever a normal part of my life. Describe a walking taco. A walking taco, ladies and germs, is a, I always had the, the sort of the cultural connection to like basketball games is where I got them from. Like you go up to the concession stands and you would get like one of the mini bags of, of the Doritos. You crack that open. Taco meat, shredded cheese straight from the bag. Um, lettuce, tomato, onion, maybe a little bit of salsa on it if you're feeling spicy. Oh, you're missing a key ingredient. Huh? You're missing a key ingredient for me. Cheese, chips, lettuce. Did I say lettuce? You did. It is the biggest dollop of daisy 
you've oh, ever like not true. even a, whatever is there Truth. like a it's like a macro dollop mm -hmm. it's a scoop that's what it is it's scoop. a scoop of sour it's cream. whatever volume is left in the dorito bag you just you just pull that trigger i love sour cream mm -hmm. and so yeah when i would i when i when i'm fixing anything nowadays it's vegan sour cream but it is if it is something that has the option to have sour cream on it it's mostly just gonna be sour oh yeah cream. yeah so we have the walking taco right but there was another food that meant like I still I dream about this food I dream about it daily which is um, my family would make taco salad with with the yummy, nacho cheese yummy. no that's fruit salad anyway anyway we would do uh, taco salad with the with the nacho cheese Doritos let me tell you what was in this salad stop pointing at me let me tell you what was in this <laughs> salad and this is a Midwest salad because by weight it is mostly nacho cheese Doritos um, family size bag of nacho cheese Doritos Crunch them up. You want them tiny pieces. Maybe not like dust, but you know, you want them like a half an inch by half an inch. Sometimes you can also leave them whole. It's whatever floats your boat. Pound of taco meat. Half a Define head. Define taco meat. Usually it's just hamburger meat with like a seasoning packet in it. Okay. Maybe you put some onions, maybe you put some tomatoes in there, but you know, whatever. Um, so taco meat, Doritos. Maybe half a head of iceberg lettuce. No nutrition, just I, water. I am the biggest iceberg lettuce defender in the world. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking smack on okay. iceberg lettuce. I <laughs> listen. The finely shredded iceberg lettuce that you get like for ninety nine cents in a bag at there Walmart. There's a bag of that in my refrigerator right now. Straight up, I was on the phone with you a couple weeks ago. No, I was texting you. I forget what was happening, but basically, I was hit with the just absolutely insatiable urge to eat so much iceberg lettuce. It's so good. People it, nowadays are like, Kale, romaine. I don't want it. I want iceberg lettuce. I don't want it. I want that crispy, crunchy water. Wet. Um, but anyway, I was on the phone with you and I was making a salad consisting of an entire bag of iceberg lettuce and some dressing, I'm pretty sure. And I spilled it. No, it was the black pepper. Oh. I was <laughs> I was twisting my black pepper mill thing, whatever, and Grinder. the lid fell off. Grinder and the lid fell off. And the lid fell off. All of the black pepper spilled out into my salad, and I, it was ruined. In peppercorn form. Mm -hmm. Peppercorn form. Mm -hmm. Pepper. Corn form. Period. Anyway, I'm going to finish describing the salad if it's the last <laughs> thing I do. Doritos, taco meat, iceberg lettuce, shredded cheese from the bag, um, onions, tomatoes. Sliced cucumber, which I find Ooh. is not a common addition. Oh, okay. not a common addition. That's fancy. Yeah, sliced cucumber, and then um, we would also do. Hold on to your horses. So um, this is a sensitive topic for some people, but there is a Midwest dressing very similar to Catalina that's called Dorothy Lynch. I yes, you've yeah you it's sold in like Kansas, this. Nebraska, Iowa. Use Catalina if you're if you're if you can't find it, but um, or taco sauce, and then you mix it all up. You mix it all up, and here's the thing. A lot of people like it better the next day. Oh, no! A lot of people like it better the next we day. We had this whole conversation but three nights ago where you refrigerated a crunch wrap. And I guess what? I ate it at 9.34 a.m. the next day. You Cold. are a creep. You're a freak. Cold. I can't. It was so good. <laughs> I. It was great. Anyway, so I think the, the point that we're trying to get here is that, like, Pretty ubiquitous growing up. Like I think I, I don't think it's a, a stretch to say that like the 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 nacho cheese Dorito is like the emblematic Dorito, right? Um, but a, a very powerful second was the Cool Ranch Dorito. When did that come about? Nineteen eighty six. Oh, nineteen eighty six. So a full like Ronald Reagan. Full, yeah, Ronald Reagan <laughs> brought Nixon out Nixon to Re all of the favorites. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I have a really fun marketing thing that I want to tell you. So. I want you to guess. I know where I'm making you guess a lot, and that's okay. I'm not smart. I can't. Guess. I want you to guess. So they tried to get this chip to launch in Great Britain. The cool, the cool ranch. But, but they found out through their market research that these like ranch wasn't like a flavor that like Brits were familiar with, and the nacho cheese was too spicy. Do you know too what? Sorry, anyway, yeah. British. Keep going. Do you know what flavor they launched over in Great Britain that really just took the British Isles by storm? It's going to be something ridiculous. No offense. Oh, boy, I'm getting canceled. But, you know, is it like prawn? Savory beef. Oh. Savory beef. 
I want to let that sit in. Sink in. I'd like some... I cannot do a British accent. I'd like some savory beef. Yeah, because apparently I just nacho like, cheese is too spicy. I have like, never detected a hint of spice in a nacho cheese Dorito. I'd love some savory beef. Is that British? I think you're virgin towards Australia. Or no, that's... Or no. That's, how, you, that's how I get into my Australian voice. Or no. Or no. There's a didgeridoo in my... I can't yeah. do it. I can't do accent. You just kind of get this weird falsetto thing going. Or no. Or no. <laughs> or no the koala. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Cool Ranch to me is such an interest. I it was a special thing. Oh yeah, I felt like whenever I was getting a Cool Ranch Dorito, I was making a capital C choice. Oh yeah, to have that. it wasn't a staple. It was. It was like I still feel weird about it. Yeah. It's a blue bag. It's not the red bag. They're yellow Doritos. It was like a, it was a summer food for me. Like I have distinct memories of. You know, when you put your hand in that sort of metal lined tin line, I don't know what it's lined with the bag, but like when you put your hand in there and you feel the heat, you feel the heat reflecting back at you. Were you just letting these baddies bake? Well, I mean, <laughs> like just like the you're at the field? pool. Like it's like you're at the pool, you're outside, I get you're bringing, that. you're bringing sandwiches to your farmer father, you know, like <laughs> relatable content. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I... I feel like it was always like I would end up getting if I were going to like some type of summer camp event or some type of like thing that children go to while they're like just like something mm -hmm. and you like get a little meal with it. You would always get like the little baby bags. Yeah. Like I don't think I've ever in my They'd life. They give you a choice. I've never in my life purchased a large bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. The oh, only, I have. The only large bag of Doritos I've ever purchased is probably the nacho cheese ones. Mm -hmm. But I, the, I just I don't. I I love ranch. Mm -hmm. I'll come right out and say it. I'm wow. known for my love of ranch. Yeah. I think it is such a, and I think it's time that we stop pretending that it's bad because I think that a lot of, uh, I, no one is, in this room is pretending it's bad. Ranch is delicious. I think as a society, we, we, we really besmirch All right, a I'm lot get, of, uh, let me get real close to this microphone. When I say this two things I love in this world, Iceberg lettuce and ranch dressing. Pry them from my cold, dead fingers. You know what that salad I made the other day was? What? It was the shredded iceberg lettuce. It was a vegan ranch dressing. And mm -hmm. I made sure I got like the cheapest, worst one because that's how you got to get it. And then like sharp cheddar, mm. like mm -hmm. vegan sharp cheddar. We're talking, is it Violife? I don't know. I no don't one know. else listening cares. But like, I don't know. I, Can I tell you what I add to my ranch dressing? You and add. Oh, I add things I'll to my do ranch. Like a Tabasco. Oh, here's hold on, hold on to hold on to those panties because I'm gonna tell you what I Here, add. You know I record podcasts fully nude from the waist down. Well, <laughs> that's why I've been making a lot of eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a joke. <laughs> that's a lot. Of, it's just because I don't want to look down. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I like ranch a little bit. I think this is fair to say with most things. I want more seasoning. I want more seasoning. Do you add like a ranch packet? No, 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 because they don't make a vegan one. Oh, I, they don't. I have right. been looking high and low for a vegan ranch packet, and I cannot find it because I want to make those. Um, I don't know if you ever had these, but they're the uh, it's like a church snack. You take a bag of like uh, of crackers, saltines. You add like a bunch of oil to it and then like a ranch seasoning packet. No. And it soaks up all the oil and all the salt. Oh, my God. It's so good. That sounds amazing. It's so good. Um, you also can't have gluten, so you can't experience. <laughs> I just can't. Either. And I don't experience joy. You don't experience happiness. I really don't. Um, I say vegan by choice and gluten by like, you know, proclamation. I if I could press a button. And. Maybe not people would die, but like, maybe, no, I'm not going to make this statement, but I would do a lot too. You're like, if, you're like, if, I like if I press the button and only seven people ended up in a coma, I, but I got my ability to eat gluten, I'd be fine with I that. would absolutely, like, I wouldn't do it, but I They'd really wake up miss from the coma. I really miss gluten. Yeah. And what do they miss out on? Like, you know, the election coming up, I will sleep yeah. through that. But They're not smiling. They're not getting wrinkles. I... They're not getting that sun damage. This, They're basically this frozen in, in time. Jest. This is all in jest. <laughs> this is all in jest, but I just need the record to reflect that I truly do miss. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know how they have lactate for people who are lactose intolerant? They don't have glutenate. I'm saying like scientists, if you're listening, make like a pill that is celiac. I will pay 
a lot of money. If you gave me a pill that would give me the ability to eat gluten for 24 hours, I would I would dip into my savings account for that. Mm -hmm. I would and I would make the uh, that would be the best 24 hours. I would I, just you wouldn't you would be I'd <laughs> withdraw from my trust fund in order to <laughs> <laughs> I, may I might take my VTF off the market. I don't even what does that mean? It's a it's a it's a fund it's a fund all right thing I don't know all of my money's in Bitcoin as you know anyway um <laughs> anyway um let me tell you what I add to my rant stressing let me tell you what about this conversation seraphim. let me tell you about the seraphim this is because this conversation's about me um I salt of course I want extra salt on everything I'm gonna say it salt uh garlic powder onion powder. Um, I had a little bit of paprika. Garrett, these are just the ingredients. No, but I amp them up. Okay. I amp them up. You get more seasoning <laughs> per tablespoon or whatever. I don't know. You have but grainy, not, but sandy ranch. A little bit of, little bit of cayenne. Okay. And then I add extra MSG. Because why? It's delicious. I think that on that note, let's go to a break. And then we'll return to talking about the coolest of ranches here in just a moment on No Crumbs. And we're back, baby. We're back. We're we're right back. We didn't really take a long break, and I needed to like adjust my seating position. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm sweating. Yeah. Well, it's let me tell you. Uh, seraphim. I. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. Uh, I. If 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 you. I. Here's the thing. I exist in all of your minds as you don't know what I look like, but I do want you to know that these headphones are pressing real hard on my ear. And so this whole time I'm like trying to get some air into them. Garrett, that's because you're as bald as a baby's butt. I'm bald and I got all these piercings, you know, Garrett's, Garrett wants you to know that they're so cool. <laughs> I'm so they're cool. They're such a hipster. I they're wearing a Rina Sawayama t-shirt. I'm wearing a Walt Disney. Walt <laughs> you're wearing the mouse. <laughs> McMouse. Uh, well, anyway, this is a totally a hairstyle that I chose and was not the only option left for me. Garrett and I have a blood pact because I can only trust them with this, that if I begin to lose my gorgeous hair, mm -hmm. they will tell me mm -hmm. because I feel like it's such a touchy subject for men or for people who, you know, have hair are male presenting. <laughs> what's the what's the politically correct way of saying people with not hair. bald people with hair people of hair experience mm -hmm. and we I, like it's so touchy that i can only trust someone who's like been through that to mm -hmm. tell me and like come to my aid and say best of your is going i've been through the gamut because let me tell you i lost this stuff i lost it when i was 16 that's tough yeah i remember i went i went to the uh i went to the hairdresser because i went to a hair salon because i was i was I was a little bit of uh, the limpest of wrists. I had my my wrists. I just couldn't open the door to the barbershop. I just kept, <laughs> I just kept throwing my body against it, but it was a pole door and I couldn't grab it. Um, so anyway, luckily, the door on the hair salon was a push so I could flounder my way in. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, and I remember one time they were like, they were like, are you losing your hair? And I said, no. Uh, no. I said, there's no way. I said, it must be the water. It must be the water. I have hard water at home. Um, and then guess what? I was losing my hair. I was losing my hair. I Do you want to know what I would do in the mirror at night? You've told me this before. I would I would turn on the flashlight on I my phone can't. and I would just hold it above I my know hairline. That this, this is a probably see how really, much light went through. <laughs> it's a lived experience for a lot of people. I, I don't think. Like I, but every time I say that, I think like the karma gods that be are like, oh, you don't think you're gonna bald? Well, you're I'm gonna one, tell you that you're closer now. I'm gonna be the one to tell you this. If you start balding, stop pointing at me. <laughs> I'm not pointing at you. It's such a hard point. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not pointing at you. I'm pointing with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am pointing at myself. And I'm just gonna tell you. There are things out there that you can do besides getting a hair transplant. Get yourself on a finasteride. A little pill. It's a little prescription. Stops that right in his track. Do you want to read the ad for it? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. podcast is brought. Not sponsored. By it was Pharma. like six dollars a pill, or not a pill, but like it was like a really cheap medication. I was just so afraid of going to the doctor and saying, "Hi, I'm balding." <laughs> Hello. Granted, I was also like, you know, like by the time that I realized it was a thing, I was like 18. I was 18. I didn't know how to navigate the healthcare system, so I just didn't. You just went bald. I just went bald. You know, you pull it off. 
Yeah, I don't have a hideous lumpy skull or anything. I feel like that's my biggest fear is that I do. What were, what <laughs> You're were we hideously misshapen under there. What are we talking about? Ranch. We're talking about. We're, yeah, we're talking. Well, so you look cool. Cool ranch. Cool ranch. We're back. You know what else is not cool? Me in this room. It's it's it a is, warm it studio. It's a warm studio. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we're talking about cool ranch, um, which actually, you know, that brings us to the late 80s. But the 90s actually were, were kind of a, kind of a revolutionary time for our friend, the Dorito. What was going on in the 90s culturally? Bill Clinton. I did not eat that Dorito. I didn't. Oh my God. That's such a famous quote that <laughs> I we did know not. and love. Yeah. And I don't, we were being. And he played the saxophone. We were being born. We, we both play saxophone. Yeah. Well, you and I. Well, and Bill Clinton. The three of us. All three of us. We are in a group we together. Get together. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to us on Spotify. Get the band back together. Honestly. Um. So the 90s were great because, um, you know, oh, by this time, by the way, uh, Frito Lay had long been acquired by PepsiCo, and 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 Doritos was going through a sort of rebirth, I think, for a couple reasons. Um, one, they got sued. The sued? They got sued. Um, this was like, um, do you remember in like, like in sort of like the late. 2000s where people were just like suing restaurants for everything i know well there's like um it's like the coffee hot thing yeah in but that lady was really yeah. injured there so, was, yeah, yeah she got like third degree burn absolutely like a lot of people were like um people are so litigious i'm like no that woman was really that coffee yeah. was way too hot it's very warm like very we know warm. what hot coffee is but that anyway but yeah. yes a lot of People so, were being sued. A lot of people were being Companies. sued. And I'd like to think sort of like the uh, one of the harbingers of all of these lawsuits was that in 1993, there was a man named Charles Grady. Oh, Charles Grady. I don't know. Classic Charles Grady. Um, he claimed that his throat had been slashed while eating Doritos. Honestly, let's go in. Let's do let's make it a class action because I have had my throat slashed by a Dorito many a time. Listen, and so apparently like the Doritos that we know today are a result of this lawsuit because basically up until then they were very like angular. They were, they were triangles, mama. Equilateral. Equilateral, one might even say. Um, but now like because of this lawsuit, basically what they did was they made them, um, they made them larger, they made them thinner and they rounded and they rounded the corners. So like that away. Now you we have our cute little you know, paper that, football shaped. Yeah. Well, if that's what a paper shaped. football looks like. I mean, you've never made a paper football. No. Is there paper in this room? I don't. We're a no paper <laughs> studio. <laughs> this is an all digital studio. Let me tell you. Um, so basically like that lawsuit happens and they um, took this as an opportunity to rebrand, make them larger, make them thinner. And they made them way more seasoned, which is where I step in. And I say, thank you. I'd like to think it was for me. Um, I love that. Yeah. Does yeah. the seasoning help it slither down your gullet? Well, do you know how I eat Doritos or, well, my gosh, this is a wormhole. Um, <laughs> full fists of them. Well, your, do you eat Doritos? Yeah. But they're not vegan. Yes, they are. Well, I mean, there is a vegan flavor. What flavor? It's the, uh, it's the purple bag. It's the sweet chili, the sweet, spicy chili. You're giving me a look that's alarming me because you've been a vegan for a much longer time than I have. And this is a very well-known vegan food. What? <laughs> what are you saying? No. Um, so, okay, well, we can go to the store, but like a well, like a well-known vegan, it's like Oreos. It's one of those like accidentally vegan options, right? Um, is it all? Oh, maybe there wouldn't be any like, gluten no, there's no gluten. Why would there be? It's a corn chip. That's a corn chip. It's a corn chip. I'm pro-corn. This podcast is one thing and one thing only. It's pro-corn. Can pro we go? There's a 7-Eleven across the street from the studio. Let's... I've literally gotten them from that 7-Eleven. Are you kidding me? I've literally bought them there. All right. We're going. Okay. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with Doritos. All right, well, we're back from the 7-Eleven, and we did get the Doritos, the spicy sweet chili Doritos. They exist. They're a gorgeous purple. Mm -hmm. They really are. But they, <laughs> they do have wheat in it. But they're ah. vegan. But they are vegan. So I guess I missed the window of me having undiagnosed celiac disease <laughs> and, and being vegan where I could have eaten these and not had a great time. But anyway. But I can eat them. You can, and you're going to. But I'm going to get the bag out of my hands because this is an audio nightmare. Yeah, they're turning red too. So 
What? Your hands from all the gluten. Oh, because I'm like absorbing it through mm -hmm. the bag. I'll set them down. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. I haven't hold flavor on another level. Doritos spicy sweet chili. It's gorgeous. I and this uh, this uh, this bag on mic action is actually uh, it's a uh, it's foreshadowing for the sun chips episode oh that we are gosh. inevitably going to do. So. Oh my gosh! Well, all right, I'm gonna set these down. The logo for Doritos has evolved so much. Oh yeah, I mean, it's so crisp. It's like streetwear. It's kind of like gamer. It is an intro. I'm I, I'm gonna put it down now, but. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I can still hear it Again, echoing. These are going on the list of things that once that pill exists, I will. Mm -hmm. It's like the purge. It's like the purge. 24 hours. 24 hours every <laughs> till the pill leaves your system. And but it's also still the normal purge where like people can like there's no there's no laws. <laughs> people can get killed or eat gluten. <laughs> gluten. <laughs> <laughs> um 90s Doritos resurgence. We've got seasoning. We've got mm -hmm. no more throat lacerations, but I really feel like so there's still yeah. Clunking down my throat. Yeah, they're still they're still kind of clunky. So like the nineties, like I think for um for many of us were a great time. But the two thousands things start to go in the garbage. Not actually I mean, like, let's be honest, like Doritos are like the number one fried corn chip in the United States, and they have been for a very long time. But the closest thing to a downfall that Doritos had was um, you know, the the early 2000s, going back to like uh, the lawsuit era, it was also a time of like um, there was a, the wellness culture really took off. Like there was this really big like healthfulness push, healthfulness push, and by a lot of corporations. And kind of what happened was um, a lot of corporations saw this as like an opportunity to make a lot of money, right? And so some background is that in the early 2000s there's a lot of chatter about trans fats do you know what trans fats are and what they do the opposite of uh cis fat all right i don't know what a trans fat <laughs> is trans fats are um they are an ingredient in food that was for a very long time it was something that you would put in products to make them way more shelf stable interesting so things could last for longer reduce food costs whatever um and sort of the bad side of this is that trans fats were like the worst type of cholesterol for your body like it both raised the bad cholesterol and lowered your good cholesterol um so we had enough evidence in the early 2000s that people started saying hey like maybe we should get rid of this in our food supply like people are doing this elsewhere like maybe this is something that we should consider doing and Frito-Lay saw this as an opportunity basically to say like, hey, we're hip. We care about your health. We're going to remove it early. <laughs> we're Doritos, healthy. Doritos, healthy. Um, and Dor so Dorito salad, back to being a normal salad. Yeah, it's vegetables. Basically. Corn. Basically lettuce. Basically lettuce. Um, anyway, so... Fun fact about trans fats, they weren't like effectively, like officially out of the food system until, until like 2019. So this was a very long process, but they d really decided to get in there early. Um, so in 2002, Frito-Lay publicly made the decision to remove trans fats from a lot of their products. So Doritos, Cheetos, and Tostitos. Um, Why do all of those rhyme? Anyway, Fritos, Cheetos, Doritos. Tostitos. 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 Um, and you know, I could do like a whole episode about food labels and like food companies and how they skirt around them. Basically it's all in the name of making money. But, um, basically they also took this as an opportunity to like introduce a lot of like better for you foods, which usually included things that were like reduced fat, reduced, reduced sodium, sort of all of these different things. And um, what happens, and Frito-Lay Pepsi found this out, is when you make a really big chatter about changing ingredients in foods, people get really mad. And even if there is no perceptible change in the flavor of a food, um, people will imagine that there is one, or they'll really be on the lookout for things to taste worse. And so basically what happened is they took out trans fats and people were all up in arms and saying, basically, these Doritos don't taste right. And so their sales really plummeted. They lost something like, gosh, um, they lost half a billion dollars. Does trans fats taste like stuff? Delicious. Oh. Okay. Margarine. Margarine. All trans fat. Hmm. Originally, at least. Hmm. I mean, it's just like fat, I right? I can't believe. I it's simply not cannot believe. I I'm see astounded. B-I-N-B. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that margarine? Or it was. Was. Huh. The artist formerly known as margarine. Trans fat. Anyway, um, so basically, 
they removed these trans fat or they removed trans fats. People made a stink and then they had to rebrand again, basically to like, <laughs> they had to expand into foreign markets basically. So they started a really big bilingual push expanding into Latin America, things like that. So wild that they weren't there already. Yeah. I mean, Pepsi, I mean, we, this, I, I obviously a common theme in our episodes will be ending up talking about PepsiCo. <laughs> and, but, there are four food companies yeah, that exist in that the world. are like cranking out all these uh products that we know and love that mm-hmm. ate and left no crumbs but yeah mm-hmm. it's uh more rebrands what else what else be going on with doritos so i got i got a couple other things right um that'll, that'll sort of bring us up to the current time one do you remember arch west the man who 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 discovered who discovered that they were just like what they be doing with the stale yeah who decided basically to really you know he took a lot of responsibility for the creation of the dorito um in 2011 he passed away sadly um and when he was buried they 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 sprinkled a fine layer of dorito dust you're just lying to me right no now. they you're literally just lying they to sprinkled me. a fine layer of dorito dust first over of all, his first ashes first of all first of all over his ashes? Yes. Was, no, he was buried. No, he wasn't. He was. I don't know if he was buried, but he had ashes. I'm just telling You're you. You're telling me that somewhere on this earth is a descendant of Arch West who, in an possibly an urn. Oh, this is grim. But it's human remains. Oh boy, I should not be talking. Nacho about this. cheese dust. Can you purchase that? Nacho cheese dust. Just the dust. I don't know. I would use that. I feel like like nacho cheese seasoning is a thing, but, but I don't like, know if no, it's like Dorito. Like, I would get Doritos branded. Well, not now, but like in theory, mm-hmm. free idea. If since PepsiCo is, I'm sure people have brought this up to them in letters and fan mail, which is like just sell the dust. We're just here for the dust. You know, mm-hmm. we have that. Uh, you know exactly what I'm going to say. We Takis, which is Jackson's favorite chip on the universe, just released. Those tamarind, it's like a tamarind lollipop Mm -hmm. combined with fun dip in that it's like a tamarind lollipop that you dip into Taki's dust. And I kind of just want to buy those packets, eat the lollipop and just put the dust into. I hope you know like, how just white you sound right now. I want to put it. You into are the like whitest sounding person I've ever heard. I want heard. to put it in a little seasoning shakers All and right. put it on my. I don't think it's Taki dust. It feels it's, like, it's like It's just dust. like chili powder. I'm going to do it. Okay. Well, <laughs> speaking, well, actually it's funny that you mentioned like, um, that like petitioning and like begging PepsiCo because that's what happened. And it brought us a certain man in, uh, and what was the year? What was the year? 2009, 2009. Lady Gaga ruled the world. She did. And also in addition to her supreme reign, um, there was a man by the name of Todd Mills. Todd Mills. And Todd Mills was an ideas man. He wrote to Frito-Lay pitching the idea for taco shells made out of Doritos. Oh, no. Um, because he also would use Doritos for taco salad at home. We're, we're similar and like And so that. I think, I mean, we all know where this is going. Yeah. So he uh, received a rejection letter. Oh, and uh, he vowed to pursue the idea from the grassroots level. And so basically he made a, <laughs> a Facebook page in 2009. Oh, like the and, first year that Facebook existed. And for years posted these like really poorly photoshopped images of people like of celebrities like eating, eating. like Dorito taco shells. Um, I am. I have nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. I wish I was that passionate about anything in I the world. I really, d- I don't care about anything too much to ju- like Photoshop celebrities. Yeah. And just posting them on this Facebook group. And he got like, he got like a lot of followers and people like just to see people eating theoretical taco shells oh, yeah. made out of Dorito. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It took, so that was 2009. It took until 2012 for the Doritos Logos Tacos Taco. Doritos, lo- what's the order? What's the official order? Doritos, it's not grammatically correct. In Spanish? Not correct, yeah. Not correct. But so I, anyway, Doritos Locos Tacos, right? Doritos? A DLT, if you will. Doritos Locos Tacos. A DLT. A DLT. <laughs> um, 
so basically they were used to celebrate the launch or the 50th anniversary of the launch of Taco Bell because guess what there are four food companies in the world and PepsiCo also owns Taco Does Bell. This, what? Yeah. All right. So they started with just the nacho cheese shells and the launch was insane. It was insane. They had to hire 15,000 more employees at the Taco Shell assembly line which is Sounds like a made-up job, the taco shell assembly line. <laughs> um, I have it on my resume. So I don't because they sold that. 500 million DLTs in the first 14 months. 500 million. And half, I was one of them. Half a billion. Yeah. I was one of them. What's your experience? My experience with the DLT is at the front of my... Like, my neighborhood was, like, by a big suburban road. And then on this big suburban road was a combination Taco Bell... And I think it was Pizza Hut, mm -hmm. but then whatever it was combined with pulled out and it just became like a 100% Taco Bell. But, you know, like when they were making those stores, like the aesthetic of it was like one side out on the exterior was Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. And then one side of, of the exterior was like the other store. So it always was like one side was Taco Bell and the other side on the outside just looked blank. Mm -hmm. I still think I meant to like, I still think that it looks like that. And then they, so I went up to that one and I was a big Taco Bell girly and still very much am, uh, you know, you, many people don't know this, but you can really kind of DIY veganize a lot of stuff on the Taco they Bell. They are the de facto menu. vegan they are, restaurant. We, we're but talking about crunch wraps earlier, but I would get my favorite thing was like my go-to was a gordita supreme which was basically just like a regular gordita with like i'm pretty sure sour, sour cream <laughs> you just really that's how you get me to eat anything and so you said give me more of that curdled milk i mama. just i mean come on a dollar i can't i don't know if we can see yeah we can it's journalism a dollop of <laughs> daisy you said i'll fight back to the full extent of the law if they try and sue <laughs> to, us to get to see the dollop <laughs> of daisy um, jingle but i so it was such a big deal for me to like try something else and i just remember i remember those they kind of came in like a like a cardboardy shell like mm -hmm. around it and it wasn't exactly doritos to me it was it but it was really seasoned mm -hmm. like oh man was mm -hmm. it seasoned and you know what work so good work so good um i feel like i remember like the first it was like nights I, we were in line for we were in my my mom's green Ford Windstar van and I was what the 2009 I was and we'll just bleep out how old I was right so I was like years old this is 2012 girl oh 2012 so mm -hmm. then I was don't ask me to do that math right now but I was years old and um we yeah, we I, I ordered it. It was on the menu. I feel like I saw commercials for it, too, because I feel like this was back in like, and listen, we were all living Moss. And mm -hmm. um, man, it just. My world, I, mm -hmm. I probably have eaten by weight. 200 pounds of DLTs in my life. Do you know how many I've had? How many? None. I've never had a DLT. What? I've never had a DLT. Ever? Do they still exist? I'm pretty sure they do. I guess. I'm pretty sure they do. So they took away, I believe, the Cool Ranch flavor. Okay. Listen. I, okay. But, but like the, but the nearest Taco Bell to me growing up was 45 miles away. So like I didn't really get out much to Taco Bell to celebrate the launch. I didn't really have Taco Bell until I was uh, until I was like 17, 18. But what was their first experience with Taco Bell? So I moved schools when I was becoming a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So I moved to a town of about 50,000 people from a town of um, seven, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a farm near a town of seven, um, which I, what's the distinction for a town here? That's just two houses. It's a <laughs> nearby. Whatever. And um, this is actually how, um, like, I mean, I, so I was a theater kid in high well, school. Well, we know. I'm doing jazz hands right now. I've been doing it this whole you time. You need to stop. I know. You're so exhausted. I know. Um, but like we, there was like a cultural weight around the quesarito, if you recall. And this is actually, I, I became like my, one of my best friends today. We became really good friends because she would pay me to do her math homework 
with quesaritos. You know, they're gonna the, your old high school principal is gonna hear this. They're gonna take your, you're gonna take your degree away for that. And then because I have to have a high school degree for my college degree, and it's just all gonna it's fall. Cascading. Your master's is gone. Your certifications are it's gone. All gone. It's gone. I'm destitute, mama. Um. So anyway, yeah. Good I think that podcasting is so lucrative. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm buying a second house. I've never bought a first one. Just saying. Um. Anyway, so yeah, the DLT was monumental. It was huge and groundbreaking and still is. Todd Mills, our uh, beloved king. Todd. Passed. Oh. 2013. Did they sprinkle any dust with him? They didn't, but do you want to know how much money he earned from the uh, the Doritos Locos Tacos? How much? Zero dollars. Are you joking me? No money whatsoever. Are you? None. Zero. Um, and we have a, I have a quote from NPR, actually, concerning his death. Um I don't. I'm not. I don't know what accent Todd Mills had. So Just I'm do so, your regular voice I'm, to avoid whatever. I'm so trap sorry to the family. To um, he said, "I've never once said that I deserved any sort of compensation." He said, "I can't be the first person to think of this." On the other hand, if they wanted to send me a big taco check, that would be all right. <laughs> this guy's a legend. <laughs> he sounds so cool. This is like the chillest guy. I mean, come like. Yeah. Editing photos to get a food product. We've got to try this. We have to invent yeah. something this way. Yeah. Listen. It's got to be with Zevia. Three-piece <laughs> suit made completely out of... Who makes iceberg lettuce? Dole? Who makes iceberg well, like lettuce? the bags that we buy, obviously. I feel like Dole is like a big player. But it's not like there's an iceberg lettuce manufacturing well, plan out there. All I'm saying is that Dole could make suits out of iceberg lettuce for a nice, fresh summer party. And I'd roll around in the mud, except the mud is the ranch dressing. <laughs> anyway. We'll do we'll do a photo shoot of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I mean, really, honestly, that like that like kind of catches us up to today. I mean, th- when I think of Doritos today, um, They've really like, I associate them with like gamer culture. Absolutely. Which is wild because you cannot play a computer game <laughs> or a handle mm-hmm. a controller. Oh yeah. With, um, orange fingers, orange fingers. The Doritos website is so extreme flipping stylish, by the way, I feel wild looking at it. They have like spicy, uh, pineapple jalapeno Doritos. They have like their flaming hot Doritos, which they've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like the flaming hot varieties. I, it's just so interesting to me that their alignment with oh look there's Dorito swag. Could do you, do you want to do you want to know some of the really crazy flavors they've had? Well, first of all, you know how many flavors of Doritos have existed? Well, we we have the three, and then I'm pretty sure they had blank for a while, or maybe 185. There's not 185 things on this planet. It's true. <laughs> three <laughs> I of don't them know are in this room. 85 words. So some of the some I wrote down some of the like really good ones. So we got our girl savory beef first of all. Uh, um, uh. <laughs> in Japan, they had a gourmet sausage flavor. Okay. Um, and then I thought a fun one was seasoned chicken. Just seasoned with what? Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> seasoned with what, girl? It's it's like a what's the what's the thing that's like the self-eating snake the the seasoned chicken Doritos don't tread on me no no oh. no it's like the um the alchemy thing with a a fissifus. are you thinking about okay this is not where you're going for an but, Ouroboros <laughs> oh but it's like one of those I, things where it's like there's also a Norse creation myth where like all of the oceans are held in like by like a snake eating its own tail but Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> the seasoning on the chicken, it would be funny if it was Dorito mm-hmm. and it's just an infinite puzzle. Mm-hmm. What came first? <laughs> so, I mean, like, chicken or the Dorito? I mean, what do you, I guess my that's question the, is a, that's the name of the episode <laughs> Chicken or the Dorito? Which came first, the chicken or the Dorito? Listen, you're not wrong. Um, I guess, you know, the, the, the last big thing that I have to say about Doritos is like they've they've kind of been known for their weird marketing. Um, so, again, there are there are four food companies. And um, I think because like people think that there are all these different companies out there doing all this different branding, it allows these big companies that sort of stay out of the picture to pair them together and really target certain demographics. So Doritos. um they target a demographic specifically called emerging adults, which is why we get them targeting gamers. That's why we get them targeting like young people and going to Taco Bell and doing all these crazy things with food gimmicks and all that stuff. Um, their like most recent big law, like ad campaign was um, uh, 
it was a very like late capitalist thing where they're like, uh, you know what Gen Z hates marketing. So they launched the whole campaign that was basically like no brands, no brands. We're not even going to say our name. We're just going to put cool people doing things with these triangle chips. <laughs> Triangles. They're chips now. They're chips now. Oh, um, what, what, so to quote Doritos, quote, say my name. Is that Breaking Bad? Say my name. I don't know. Say my name. What's that? Isn't that That's a Beyonce song. song or like a Destiny's Child? I'm song? all over the map. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> I think that, you know, I, I just had a quote here from Doritos themselves. Um, they said, oh, you don't like brands? Neither do we. Doritos, probably. <laughs> anyway um yeah it's just one of those examples of like where in late stage capitalism like anti-capitalism gets commodified right and, you know i think the way that we approach commercials and marketing now is so much it's so much faster it's so much different it's mm -hmm. so much it's it's too well researched i i miss the days of like well let's just like throw this up yeah it, it seems like a good idea yeah seasoned chicken Sure. Why not? Oh, yeah. By the time that, like, you try and target young people about anything, like, it's already too late. And the moment that they sense that they're being advertised to, girls are gone. Which, I don't blame them. I, don't I blame googled them. blank Dorito. Did this not exist? Maybe it didn't exist. Oh, yeah. They just made toasted corn tortilla chips. You can still buy them now. Mm -hmm. I, um, I had a field trip when I was in, like, middle school where we went out to a cow farm. Um, Wait, well, hold on. Why would you, someone who lives on a farm, go to a field trip of a farm? Let me be clear. We didn't have a lot of attractions around. We didn't have very much around. So our trips were like, we're going out to a dairy farm. We're going out to a cow farm. We're going out to a pumpkin patch, maybe. Oh, Those like were that. our field. We, we went to a nice restaurant, the Brookville Hotel. As a field trip? Yeah. We drove 90 miles to go to a restaurant. It was really great. It's fascinating. Anyway, um, at the cow farm, they had their own version of the Doritos, which was basically, it was, it was a Dorito. It was golden. It was big. It was huge. It was like six inches and um, unseasoned, and it was made out of sorghum. All right, Kansas. Sorghum. But Can they, I eat sorghum? You, you can. So I took a bite out of the Dorito. By the way, disgusting. Garrett is the one that tells me if something has gluten in it or not. I, I could just Google it. I actually I actually don't know if it, I don't believe it has gluten but, in it. But like also people really aren't out here eating very much sorghum. And that and you already tried to poison me with these Doritos. That's true. I feel bad about that. Don't. So anyway, <laughs> you know, I, I guess, you know, what's what's the uh, the takeaway is the that take Doritos away. are yummy. I've yet to, mm -hmm. you know, it's something that I think a lot about and it's something that it's such, I think everyone has like a Doritos memory. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very commonplace food. It's a very well-designed food. I think that they are clearly engaging with something on the flavor palette of human beings that are, is working. Right. I mean, like, yeah. obviously, we talk a lot about brand marketing. We talk a lot about positioning of products and things, but they're good. This is something that's good. <laughs> like, it's not like they're not trying Cheap, to sell you something good. that's bad. Mm -hmm. It's good. And I, you know, I think it's fair as a vegan to say that I miss uh, foods. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not like I'm literally will never eat a like a a non-vegan thing for the rest of my life. And I, and I don't want to, and I'm not out here just like pining and like, you know, just like, Ooh, but what if I can't, what if a little nibble, like that's, that's just not me. But I think it's fair to say that, you know, I miss them. It was like a really big part of my life. Like I said, I would, my mom would have to buy specific size Ziploc bags. I'm pretty sure because, you know, like you've got like the thin little Ziploc bags that are like the small little snack packs, but Doritos were too wide for them. Oh, yeah. They had the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. They would go in the sandwich bags yeah. because there, there's nothing worse than eating like a broken Dorito, right? Oh, yeah. You get the a, a perfect, flat, unsullied, very seasoned Dorito right out of the bag. One of life's few pure mm -hmm. treasures, I think. I think the thing that you're, that you're, well, the things that you're saying, I think get at something which, which I wanted to say, and I don't know if I've directly said it, but I'm going to say it on the record, which is that like something that really irritates me is when people say like, Oh, food is just nutrition. It's just fuel. It's not, it's not. And it's, a lot of the things that we associate with our childhood, with our memories. I know when I still go home, my grandma tries to make me taco salad with the Doritos in them. 
And like, do I wish that I could partake in the taco salad? Absolutely. But also, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like food is it culture, it's upbringing, it's connection, it's social. Like there's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. And I think Doritos, 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 Doritos are really I mean, they're really baked in to a lot of our upbringings and, and or rather fried. They're fried in <laughs> to a lot of our upbringings. And I mean, like, I just think about how they were across all of the across the lifespan of everyone that I grew up when with me as a kid. I mean, my grandma's had them and like, I still think that they're pretty ubiquitous today. Like, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. That's it. That's Doritos. And that's no crumbs. <laughs> it's a perfect segue. I got to go get those tapes for yodeling. Mm-hmm. I That was an, an earlier conversation that may or may not make it into the episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I think, um, you know, I enjoyed learning about Doritos. I enjoyed mm-hmm. learning about uh, just more about the, the tapestry mm-hmm. of rural Kansas life, as you have enjoyed hearing about my... I'm Suburban sure. hellscape. My sour cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and listen, I have a whole bag of sweet chili Doritos that I get to eat alone. <laughs> I'm going to watch you do it. Oh. Open up right now. Get going. While I read the outro. Uh, oh, boy. All right. Maybe hold on. <laughs> Open them up after I'm done. So, again, I'm Jackson Bollinger. And I'm Garrett Wagner. This has been the No Crumbs podcast. Um, obviously, there's a lot of ways you can support us, but the best thing you can do is to listen to the podcast and then also tell your friends about the podcast. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at No Crumbs Pod. I really don't like calling podcast pods. I feel so I feel too hip and I'm not that hip. I feel cool. I have Mickey Mouse on me. I'm not a hip person. <laughs> and so uh, at no crumbs pod on Instagram, uh, we have a website, which is www get this no crumbs So at no crumbs pod on Instagram, no crumbs on the wider world wide web. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, you know, I'm at Jax Bollinger on Instagram. And I believe I'm private on Instagram, but so, I'm at it's Garrett. <laughs> so just follow the podcast, then you can uh, reach out to us. We're really looking forward to a lot of the programming that the programming. I sound like an NPR host. The programming that we have in store for everyone. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. Pop, pop them open now. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> And just like that, it's over.